All right, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Business of Fitness Podcast. I'm Jason Klepa, and today I am here with Mr. MDV. What's up, Jay? All right, we're going to get ready to rock and roll on changing your game, diving into 2019, what we had recently with a summit with a mindset expert, and basically how we develop world-class performance and what we're striving for. Before we dive into the episode, just want to let you know this episode is brought to you by the NC Fit Collective, which is the session plans and the program that we use for our coaches globally. We just rolled out some new pricing. We have pricing as low as $99 a month. So if you find yourself struggling to program on a Sunday, or if you find yourself spending more time doing that than actually building your business, shoot us an email to collective at nc.fit for a free trial. Check out our programs, check out our session plans, and I hope you guys like it. Yeah. You know what I love about the Collective, Jay, is that this tool gives people an opportunity to develop coaches over the long term. And there's not a lot of stuff out there that's doing that. You know, you what do got, you mean by that? We got so with our session plans, we do the I think we do the the best job in the world of creating a plan that your coaches can read. And our coaches, they read them on an everyday basis. That's why I believe in it so much. They can go out there and they can execute an amazing class in the moment. Right? That's awesome. But not only that, when they're reading these things, there's a level of detail that's included in our session plans that's gonna help coaches develop over the long term. And I think that that's something that's lacking in a coach's education is the consistent daily education about reading about what's the stimulus of this workout. What are the notes? What are the scaling options here? What are the progressions and why are we using that progression today based on the loading, the volume, the reps of this workout? I'm super stoked on the collective. If you guys ever have any questions and you want to talk to me directly, you can email me mdv at nc.fit and I'd be happy to talk to you guys about it. More on the collective later, but let's dive in to what today's topic is all about, which is 2019, look, the new year just started. It's a great time where what we were speaking on uh, was the energy is right. The vibes are right. The the New Year's resolutions are there. And not only are we talking about getting more people in the gym, sure, that's great. You mm-hmm. know, you get people coming in who are fired up. But more importantly, our coaches have, th- there's just this energy and this buzz to improve. I feel like in general that yeah. happens in the new year. Yeah. I, like you said, we were talking about that prior to getting on the, the mic today. There's a natural feeling of excitement of people who who maybe not normally are goal-oriented are figuring out their goals. They're putting plans together. They want to be held accountable. People are talking about ways that they can, they can improve. It's like, it's like pre-workout time, man. It's like the, the moments right before a workout's going to start. Everybody's amped up. That's what the New Year's like to me. Um, and we got to take advantage of that. And will everybody always follow through with the goals that they lay out? Maybe not, but we, as, as people who are involved in an industry where we want to be world-class performers, where we want to be the best that we, version that we can be every single day, we can definitely take advantage of some of that. And so one of the, some of the things that we did to take advantage of that, and we wanted to share that with you today, is that leading into the new year, so in December yep. timeframe, we had Adam Salcedo come in, and, and he's, a, he's a mindset expert. He's worked with me personally and our team more so from like the competition side of CrossFit. And I actually wrote about him a little bit in uh, my new book that was released. But with Adam, he came and talked to our team. And a couple of the, the subject points that he did, actually the takeaways. So we do these quarterly all hands kind of coaching thing. Mm-hmm. And, and this one, the feedback was actually probably some of the best we've ever received. And so I'd love to dive into mm-hmm. what did Adam give our team mm-hmm. to help you know, continue that momentum into the new year, right? He gave, yeah. he gave us tools 
to go into the new year with, instead of just kind of like getting excited, he actually gave us some quantifiable stuff. So yeah. I want to dive into some of that right now. Yeah, he gave us very tangible stuff that, that is really going to help our team take it to the next level. You know, like you said, we're very blessed that, that we, we've created systems and processes where over the course of the year, we gather everybody up together three or four times and we have these coaching summits. And more than any other summit that I think we've had, and we've had some amazing guests. We had a D from Working It's Gravity. We had Marcus Philly from Functional Bodybuilding and Awaken Training. And now we had Adam Sacedo, Adam Mindset Performance Expert. But this one, man, this one blew my socks off. There was a, 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 an excitement among our staff going into the new year and figuring out habits and routines that can help take our people to the next level. And Adam, Adam's most important work, at least in my opinion, is helping our team understand that there's a level of excellence that we're always going to be striving towards. And there's things that world-class performers do in order to set them out up for success every single time they go out there to perform. And that, that was really cool. That was cool to see our team make the connection that, hey, we're, I'm wearing the NC Fit shirt. I'm already at one of the, the most prestigious at top I'm, I'm i'm doing things that a lot of, a lot of other coaches in the space aren't doing but it's time to step my game up even further and how do i do that yeah and so i i'm, I'm in full agreement with you so we talked about the kind of pre-game habits right obviously within that for us is reviewing your session plan which we could dive into more later of how we do that and why that was created but mm-hmm. Aside from the session mechanics, because we've talked about that before on this podcast, we believe it's so important. Mm-hmm. But what are some other things that Adam brought up yeah. that, that coaches anywhere can do? Let's yeah. just say you're at a gym, you're an owner, and you're just a single coach. Maybe you have one other coach. What things could you do? Or let's just say you're working at a gym, and maybe you have, I don't know, three to four coaches, so it's not a huge organization. What type of things should they be thinking about based on what Adam was talking about to best prepare them to deliver a good product? Yeah. I think as an, as an owner, as somebody who's a head coach, as somebody who manages people, one of the most important thing that Adam talks about is conveying that message of world-class performance to your people, of living it every day yourself, of making them aware that they are at a level that's special. And that, that expectation that communication to your team, that constant re- reaffirmation is something that over the course of time will help bring your people up. And not only will it help bring your people up who want to be brought up, but it might also separate the wheat from the chaff a little bit. You might see people who aren't down to ride with that culture of excellence, you, that aren't down to show up every single day and give 110%. And that's a very natural way to start separating, hey, this might not be a good fit for you, or this is a fantastic fit for you. So for coaches and owners, I think transmission of culture, of making sure that the people who are on your team, they actually feel something about working for you. They feel something about being a part of what you're doing, that it is special, that it is something that other coaches should be striving for. That, that, that to me is, is really important. But for the coaches, man, what Adam talked about with bookending your day, with how do you start your day with your AM routines and your PM routines, I know that that blew a lot of our coaches' minds. And about setting yourself up for success by having routines and habits in the morning that put you in that mindset of a world-class performer. 
So a bit a big thing for for us over the past year has been before you walk into the gym, getting your mind right. And even before that, I think that where Adam was focusing is when you wake up, when you open your eyes, what are the first things that you do to set yourself up for that performance mindset? Because I know for me, it's a struggle, not for the first thing that I do is to check my freaking phone, right? To open it up and start looking at emails and I'm already like going a million miles an hour. I'm seeing what was posted on Instagram, all that bullshit. But peeling back, waking up, doing 30 push-ups to get my body right, brewing my cup of coffee, opening up my daily stoic, opening up my five-minute journal, taking some time to reflect, thinking about things that I'm grateful for, and then putting on my NC Fit shirt. And now that's where I start my day. And that's really powerful for me. And it's been really powerful for a lot of our coaches. I think that was something that he really instilled in that. And we had, we had talked about it before of this morning rituals. Mm-hmm. So for me, actually we're at my house right now and I have a gentleman coming to help me. Uh, <laughs> I have a gentleman coming to help me build this, this sauna. Um, I have a new sauna from Sunlighten and I have not uh, tried it out yet. I will keep you guys posted how it goes. But the reason why I got this sauna was I want to start incorporating it into my morning routine. Oh, yeah. So we're here in California. It's not quite as cold as the East Coast, but um, I have a pool as well. And I want to start working some cold, hot early in the morning right when I wake up. Yeah. I I want to avoid the electronics, wake up early, go try that. Mm -hmm. That's something I want to try. But the reason why I want to try is because I want to set myself up for, um, first off, I want to work on trying to get uncomfortable because I think by getting uncomfortable, it'll help me overcome the rest of the day. Like mm-hmm. if I know I could wake up in the morning and go into a 50 degree pool, what else can I accomplish that day? But I also think by this consistent routine, it allows you to set your mind right for this level of world-class performance. I think people translate that really well to exercise and fitness. Mm-hmm. Like before coaches get into their workout, they probably have some type of pregame they think about, mm-hmm. right? I know I do. I have mm-hmm. my mantra and my mindset. But how about before you go in for your coaching? Yeah. Or how you even start your day? And I think that's what he instilled in the team, yeah. which I thought was really interesting. For any of you guys coaching out there, I think going into your coach, going into your class the same way you go into your workout is a good way to think about it. Before your workout, you're evaluating strategy. You're thinking about your technique. You're warming up effectively before you even get into your workout. Mm-hmm. That same thing could apply to a class. Yeah, right? for sure. Man, I'm holding my phone in my hand right now, and this thing is attached at my hip way too much. And it's bullshit, man, that a lot of times the first thing that people do and I do in the morning is I look at this thing. It's crazy. Yeah. And- The days when I'm able to open my eyes, slow down, really be intentional about how I start my day, man, I'm set up for success so much better than if I'm reading an email from my boss. (laughs) (laughs) I'm reading whatever, an email, that was a joke. I'm reading an email that's stressful, whether it's family, friends, professional, whatever. It It just puts you into a state of angst and stress from the second you open up your eyes and you might not know it, but that is hindering you from going out there and giving your all on the floor because that's a, a completely selfless act. When I cross the threshold, when I walk into a gym and I'm starting to coach a class, all that bullshit, uh, everything, it's got to be gone. It's got to be compartmentalized somewhere else because nobody cares about maybe the shitty day that I had or the stressful emails that I have or whatever. All the members care about at that point 
is having a good time, getting a great workout. And all I should be caring about is giving it to them because that's what they're there for. That's what they're paying for. Yeah. And I think what, what we're alluding to is that the morning, the morning rituals, the consistency there is a great way to set you up for success as you move forward. For that sure. was a big takeaway yes. for Adam. Uh, using that as a completely different analogy, when I've spent, I've spent a lot of time in the hospital because my daughter was sick for a long time. And when a nurse would come in and they were in a grumpy mood, it really put a damper on me, you know? And what I would recommend for the nurse was before they open that door to, to reframe their mindset and know that their actions have an impact on their patient mm-hmm. and the way they're acting, you know, could ruin my day for the rest of the day. Yeah. And the same thing as a coach, if we can start off our day appropriately and then that transfers in our class and if that transfers in our class, our members have a better experience, not only from a business perspective, is that better, but then they're going to get a better experience. They're going to have a better day. Yeah. It's this huge, beautiful trickle down effect. For sure, man. I, we actually wrote about this in some of our coaches' field notes, uh, which is a monthly email that goes out to all of our coaches. It's a newsletter, which we have you know, a, a letter or a statement from Jason or myself. We have some points of performance about the craft of coaching, and then we have some programming spotlights, some other stuff in there. And members of the collective get access to that too. But we wrote about um, how members take their cues from coaches. And how the vibe of a class or how members respond to how the coach is acting. And it's really interesting to me to see if you have a bad attitude, if you are somebody who comes into the gym who brings their baggage, that stuff translates over to your members, man. Like you, I'll, I, you can walk into a class and you can see when the vibes aren't right. And usually, usually it's because either the coach is in a bad mood or they're not bringing the energy. That's usually the reason. Now, sometimes there's some other stuff that's going on. You know, maybe two or three people in the class have stuff that they're internalizing, and they're going through, and like that can change the dynamic for sure. More often than not, the coach is setting the tone. Whatever coach, whatever tone gets set there, the members take over. Yeah. So as I kind of like to a bookend that, right? We were talking about the nightly rituals, and yeah. I think what what Adam was real what was really interesting about what Adam brought up is that, it, you know, again, you're trying to build this hedge, and you're preparing yourself for the next day in the mm. evening with some of the feedback. And so we were doing this live Q and a with him. Some of the coaches were talking about the things they do at night that prepare them better for the next day. So you're not waking up frantically. And that was really interesting to me how some of our coaches do meal prep, for example, uh, each night at X time. Mm-hmm. So that the next day they're already ready to kind of go. Um, and that was in another example of something that we could do as coaches to better prepare us to, again, lead with that world-class performance. Well, what could you do the night before to get you even ready for the next day? Yeah. I thought it was really cool. Adam made this analogy that his day starts when he goes to bed. Yeah. That was really, that's really interesting to me. Yeah. He, he believes so strongly that sleep is such an important part of his performance that he thinks of his evening routine as actually being the start of his next day, right? That him turning off of his phone, turning off his phone, having his phone in another room. It's not even in the same room that this guy sleeps in. Lowering the lights to a dim um, kind of sleep-ready state an hour before this guy's going to sleep. Like these are, these are things that I'm not doing right now because honestly, like I need to work on my own pre-sleep habits, but it was powerful stuff that he was talking about. And his sleep routines and how he manages his sleep is such an important part of his game. And you can see it, man. You can see it in this guy because he comes in every single time I meet with Adam, he is ultimately just engaged. He is locked in. He is somebody who is one of the best listeners, one of the best performers at what he does on a day-to-day basis. 
And that's somewhere where I think a lot of us can focus. How are we going to bed every night to set ourselves up for success the next day? Yeah. And you know, he was talking about for some of our coaches, it takes them 45 minutes to an hour to fall asleep. And what some of the things he was talking about was it's not going to happen overnight. Just like anything, there needs to be consistency at it, right? Mm -hmm. Your body needs to find this this natural rhythm. Mm -hmm. And so his recommendation was, again, start talking about taking the phone outside the room, turning the lights on and having an old school alarm clock, right? Whatever happened to those things. And uh, I don't know about you, but if I'm coaching really early in the morning, I get really uh, anal that my alarm's not going to go off on my phone, like the battery's going to die or something. So I'll have that and like another alarm, Mm -hmm. either whatever. But anyways... What, what, what was powerful about, again, to start off this conversation is when you're thinking about the product you deliver on the floor, it's easy to forget about these other things, but these other things are completely within your control, Yeah, which is what I really like about them is how are you finishing your day? How are you starting your day? What preparation are you providing? And that was, that was a big takeaway from our meeting with him. But yeah. aside from the morning and evening routines, you know, again, we have this meeting and we're talking about, um, you know, changing the game leading into 2019. So what other components did you see from that meeting that we could kind of share now with other people who are coaches and owners? You know, I, I really like the fact that, like you just said, all of these habits and routines are within our control. It's within our own discipline. And this comes back to something that like, I, I, I've, been really taken by, uh, you know, Jocko Willink and uh, Jocko's mindset and, you know, his discipline equal, equals freedom phraseology, you know, that to me is super important for people to recognize that all of this stuff ultimately falls on us to implement. And it's really easy to say, I'm not going to check my phone when I wake up. I'm going to turn off my lights an hour before I go to sleep. I'm not going to be watching Netflix and click next episode until, you know, I pass out. But the discipline to actually implement that stuff takes a lot, a lot of, of, (laughs) it takes a lot, it takes, it takes a lot out of you. Like it, it, that is so hard to do consistently on a day-to-day basis because it's easy to do the other stuff, but we don't want to take the easy route. We want to take the hard route. We want to be people that go out there and set habits and routines that are uncommon. And that's what makes world-class performance, man. The fact that you can do this stuff consistently. Every single day you wake up, you do the same thing. Every single day you close your eyes, you do the same thing. And ultimately that consistency, every single time you take the floor, your class knows that it's going to be fucking outrageous. Like you are going to, you are going to knock their socks off. And that's what so few coaches out there do, in my opinion. There's a lot of really good trainers out there, but there's not a lot of trainers that are able to do it every single day when nobody else is watching, right? And that's the kind of stuff that is uncommon. And that's what I want to build here at NC Fit. And I think that we are well on our way to doing that, that even when our backs are turned, that our coaches are going out there and we know that they're going to be world-class performers. Yeah. I Yes. 100%. Hundred <laughs> percent, getting comfortable with that uncomfortableness. You know, I think that uh, it's really interesting. I random story. I was at a, I was going into a cold plunge, and it was really really cold. And I put my foot in, and I just, uh, I, I I put my foot in, and I walked away. Right. I, was, I put my leg in, and I walked away. Oof. And I told myself, it's like, what example? There was no social media. There's no camera on me. It was just me in this cold plunge at this hotel. No one was around. But I put my foot in, then I put my leg in, then I went up to my waist. 
and there was no one watching me. But I walked away and I told myself, it's like, if I don't go all the way in that cold plunge, if I don't go up to my neck and I at least sit there for X amount of breaths, then what else am I going to give up? What mm-hmm. else am I going to let, you know? And sure enough, I went in there, I did it. It was cold, it was miserable, but I left feeling accomplished. I've left feeling like, you know, I had my back up against the wall and I tried to overcome that. And yeah. In a small way, how can we then take that example and then translate that into everything else? And I think when you embody it, your members start to see that as well. And I think they feed off of that. And, Amen. you know, and that goes for all kinds of things, you know, whether you're talking about nutrition or this and that. Right now, I'm trying the keto diet, which has been interesting. But, you know, I think you practice something and you practice what you preach and yeah. then you go into the gym. But when we're talking about world-class performance, and I, we're kind of going off on different tangents here, but I really think that the, the 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 nut and bolt of it is just be inspired to get better and don't get comfortable with what you're doing. Just because someone's wa- not watching you doesn't mean you shouldn't be doing these certain things. Dude, I, I couldn't agree more. What you just said there was so powerful about leading by example, right? Leading by example. The, the people who are at the top of the food chain, your organizations, your head coaches, your people of influence, your owners, whoever you are, y- you can go out there and you can have your coaches listen to this episode and you can talk to them about world-class performance and habits and routines and all that stuff. But if you yourself aren't working at it, if you're not consistently working at it, everybody below you is going to see the chinks in your armor and they're going to go, nope, that's too hard. He can't even do it. Right. And we're not perfect people by far, by far, but you have to be willing to put in the work yourself. That's one of the most important things, I think, for me in this whole development conversation, this whole world-class performance conversation. A lot of times people are asking us, how do we develop our coaches? How do we make our team better? And a lot of times the answer is, well, you got to look in the mirror, man. Are you doing the things that you want your coaches to do? And I'm not even talking about how do you coach the fucking air squat or any of that stuff. But are you having the attitudes? Are you having the routines? Do you have the same pride in the brand? Do you have the same work ethic that you want all of your team members to have? And if your answer is shaky there, that's, I think, where you got to start. I know this is a little tangential to world-class performance, but honestly, none of that stuff matters. You, You can hand out all of these tools and resources to your team members and say, oh, hey, you got to wake up at 5 a.m. You can't look, you shouldn't look at your phone. You got to read Daily Stoic. You got to do five-minute journal. But if they don't see you doing it, if they see you rolling up to the gym late, you know, cup of coffee in your hand, you didn't bring anybody for, you didn't bring any coffee for anybody else. You're late to the gym that day. You know, you hop into class, you leave your equipment out, all that kind of stuff, man. It all translates to your coaches. That's where the habits and routines start. So now with the habits routines, I think we could all agree that you have walk the walk, talk to talk. But now let's talk about some more like actual applications. Let's do it. So we talk about the morning routine, talk about the evening routine. We talk about our coaching field notes. Mm-hmm. We provide our coaches with a daily session plan and video mm-hmm. to give them this continuous education. Yep. We also do the quarterly reviews. We do these quarterly meetings. We're trying to provide as many tools as we can. But what are some other things that we try and do? To develop this world-class performance. I mean, we give our coaches a um, uh, a uh, uniform. Yeah, for sure. Right? That's a so, big deal for us. So, I mean, we set the expectation in terms of uniform and look and mm-hmm. music. And I mean, what are the, what do those all look like? What's some what's some tangible takeaways for coaches and owners? Yeah, I, I mean, I think from a cosmetic standpoint, a, a uniform is a really a, a good standard to have, and. You know, for us, we want our coaches to to look the part of fitness professionals. And when they take the floor, they have to be wearing an NC Fit t-shirt. That's really important to me. I think that 
that sets apart the coaches from the members visibly. So if somebody who's new walks into the gym, you can at least see that there's somebody who's wearing a brand shirt in there and, and maybe that's the person to go up and talk to. But then it also creates that sense of pride, right? That there's a ritual involved in that, that that's part of now the routines and the habits that you want your coaches to, to start to think about, that when you put on that shirt, you become the bigger version of yourself. That's, that's, that's critical, man. You know, when we talk about class preparation and we talk about going out there and executing, there's no substitution for having a plan having rehearsed the class in your head, and then really having thought about what are the different different things that could happen? What are the different variables that might come up that I need to be aware of? And there's always going to be shit that surprises coaches. Oh, something always is going to happen. You're going to plan that, hey, today's a front squat day and I have a scale for somebody who got in a horrific accident, they have no arms, I don't know how to squat, Right. Somebody's going to walk in there in a wheelchair and you're going to be like, oh, well, I got to change this up now, right? But if you are preparing for as many variables as you can think of, when somebody comes in and they're outside of that, that's one less thing you got to worry about because you already have all the other shit handled and now you can give that person the attention. So with, with our session plans, man, what we are trying to do, like I said earlier, we are trying to give our coaches the absolute best blueprint for them to read in a thoughtful manner. It's meant for them to read over a period of five to 10 minutes where they can think about, all right, this is what they're writing in the intro. This is what I have to think about overall. This is the stimulus of the workout. This is how the workout should feel for the members. This is the proposed uh, output. This is the number of rounds that we're looking for. This is the timeline I'm looking at. Okay, I see the workout's gonna take me 20 minutes. How do I work backwards into that? What do I have to do for my teaching? These are the scaling options we recommend based on that workout that day. And then, and then in the notes section, we're putting in things like teaching progressions, things like special elements of the class that you can bring to life in a way that's special, right? That makes the class a unique experience. And then also things that are going to help your, you develop long-term as a trainer. What, do, what are the world-class performers thinking about in the bigger picture of things when they're going out there to coach a class? Our briefs are not meant to be something that you just pull up three seconds before you go into your class. You're like, okay, the workout takes 20 minutes. This is a stimulus. All right, let's go. That is not how they're meant to be consumed. And I don't think that that's something that any coach who really takes pride in what they do, that's not how you act. You have a plan. You've thought about the workout. You've read through the brief. Maybe you've even taken the time to, on a blank sheet of paper to plan out the elements that you're going to pull from the brief and you're going to bring them into your class. That's how it's done. And that's how people get better, man. You know, I had the, the, um, the, the privilege of coming up and coaching, watching people like James Hobart, Denise Thomas, Austin Maliolo, Ben Bergeron, Heather Bergeron, E.C. Sinkowski, all of these people who are at the absolute... If there's a Mount Rushmore of people who coach CrossFit, these people would all be in the conversation, right? Not everybody has that. But what you're able to do now, there's so many resources out there, man. Not only the amazing stuff that we're doing through Collective, but you can go and you can look up on YouTube. You can find out different movements, different progressions. You can pull up all these things, all these tools, all these resources that didn't exist a long time ago. And you can get better every single day. And that's the, the, the chase of excellence, man. That's like, that's what it is. It, it's never being satisfied with, 
hey, I went out there yesterday and I did really well. So today I can sit on my hands and do nothing. No, you got to be hungry the next day, even hungrier. I think briefs are a great place to start, man. And we are blessed to have an amazing resource of coaches, an amazing team of coaches that we're developing that are now a part of that process. And now we have people on the journey of writing some of the briefs and becoming even better coaches in the process. It's really, really cool. I don't think that there's many tools out there that do both. Give you something that you can go out there and you can perform really well on the floor and you can run a buttoned up world-class class, right? But that long-term development, that long-term educational tool that every affiliate owner out there is interested in doing. Do you ever talk to an affiliate owner who isn't interested in professional development for their, <laughs> right? Yeah. But they yeah. don't know, and not their fault, but they just don't know how to do it or they don't have the tools and the resources to do it. This is the way to do it. I firmly and, believe that. And so when we're talking about, you know, this sounds like a plug for the collective, but really what it is, is that whether you use the collective or anything else. Oh, I don't care if it's collective. Or yeah, right. yeah. 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 Is that you as an owner have an obligation, I believe, to identify some maybe core people on your team or maybe yourself and create this kind of, this, this, this blueprint for your coaches mm -hmm. and it should dive deeper and it should be something that's, um, you know, really thought through over a cup of coffee where you're really thinking about it on a day-to-day -day basis. And I think what's important for us all to remember is that we chose to get into the profession of coaching. And if you choose that, you should always be looking to improve on your skill set. Mm -hmm. And I think you get to a certain point as a coach and some things start to get a little bit monotonous, like, yo, I've touched the air squad a hundred times. But then I think what it comes down to is not only can you breathe the brief, not only can you think about this team, like we have, how many people are on the programming team? Five? Um, including me and you, f uh, four. Four now. So f the f four. Yeah. And that are creating session plans, creating the programming, and reviewing it all. Uh, so well, not to mention filming the videos. Yeah. The programming team is four. The briefing team is eight. And the filming team is another five. So yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, we, we have like 20 plus people on the, on the programming side, which is but anyways, fantastic. But each one of us comes to the table with different insight, different, different overview, different research we've been doing. So if you have a gym, you could, you can kind of compile some of these coaches and give them. So do you, you select different people for different days to have mm -hmm. them research these workouts? They could do the workouts. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And then what I think is interesting about that is whether you have two coaches or 200, those coaches can then share that insight with the other coaches based on, Hey, I did this workout. Mm -hmm. This is what I felt like. And I think that's really powerful. So they go into their coach, they go into their class more prepared. Again. For sure. For sure. Dude. I, and like, I, like you were saying, man, it does sound like it's a plug for collective. I listen, I believe in collective wholeheartedly. It's what we do. It's what we do for our own team. It has to be good. It has to be more than good. It has to be amazing. That's why I believe in it so much because it's not, I'm not, we're not just selling this to other gyms and saying, oh, like, hey, go off and do this because like, you know, we're sitting somewhere in a, in a coffee house, you know, writing up these things and not bringing them to life on, on the floor. This is what goes on every single day in our gyms. This is the development tool that we use for our people. That's why I believe in it so much. And that's what's going to keep us continuing to develop it for our team and ultimately what's going to make it an awesome tool and resource for other people. The thing, the, the reason why, like, if you can go out and do that on your own, you should, you should be sitting there writing up the workouts, thinking thoughtfully about the planning process of it, thinking about how you want to write your briefs, thinking about how you want to translate that to your coaches, getting more people involved in the process. Yes, that's an awesome endeavor if you have the time and the resources.
do a lot of people who are running CrossFit gyms have the time, the resources, the energy to do that? I don't think so. I think we are particularly blessed that we're able to do that and we're able to bring it to life in a way that we can share it with other people. There, there's an, uh, an awesome, an awesome power to some of this stuff, Jay. I mean, I, I get fired up talking about this. I, I really believe that coaching CrossFit is, is an absolute gift and a privilege. And the thing that I think frustrates me is, is I see some trainers out there not take it seriously and not consider it world-class performance. They just go through the motions, right? They rely on the same stuff that they've learned. They let bad habits come, come into what they do on a day-to-day basis. And ultimately, over time, and when that gains scale, that gives all of us a bad name. And, and more than anything else, man, I know you believe the same thing. I want, we want to stop that full sale. We want everybody to be good, to be great. Because the rising tides is going to lift all boats, man. So, you know, whether it's collective, whether you're doing it on your own, whether you find other tools and resources, the important thing is that you do it and you do it with your team and you involve them and you make it consistent. I agree. <laughs> well, Get fired the, up. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. Hey, guys, listen. Look, this is probably out of all the episodes we've done. We, we went off on little tangents here and there. It's the beginning of 2019. And, uh, you know, we're, we're sitting here just getting fired up on conversation. It's a Sunday afternoon and we're, we're getting after it because this is something we care about. We care about our profession. We care about our people, but we also are passionate about improving our members' lives. And I think that the takeaway from this conversation is, yes, there's some tangible items, wake up techniques, you know, even Mm -hmm. get comfortable with uncomfortable, um, you know, have your game plan, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But the biggest thing is just, just care. You know, just care and keep getting after it because the thing about it is people are going to be fired up for this month, but are people going to be fired up if they're listening to this episode six months from now, Ooh. a year from now? That, that's the debate is like, come back to this episode. So listen to it today. Feel fired up. Come Tag this episode. Come back to it six months from now and see if you're still feeling the same way or if you Im- improved. And I think that's a great testament to you looking at your your business or looking at your coaching as you do your fitness. You don't want to just be fit for tomorrow or the next month or the next month. You want to be able to be fit for a long ass time. And that's the same thing that goes into this, this conversation right now. Yeah. Keep improving. Not today, not tomorrow, not the next day, but every single day for as many reps as possible. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's easy to be fired up in January, 2009, right? It's easy to go out there and chew concrete at the start of the new year. But like you just said, man, in a workout, in a five round workout, Who's going hard in round four? Not many people, right? That's where you want to go hard. That's a cool analogy, man. You know, take the lessons from the new year. Make sure you're continuing to involve them on a day-to-day basis. Don't just forget about the stuff that you talked about here today. And go out there and just do it better. Do it better than everybody else is doing it. And I don't think that's a bad thing to, to think like that. I don't think it's bad to want to be the best coach in the world or want to have the best gym in the world. It's not putting anybody else down. It just constantly pushes you to a new high. Yeah. And as you said, as the tide rises, the boats go up. Everybody else. Hey, if you, if, if, if you saw somebody next door to you doing something good, I would try to do it better. (laughs) That's that's right. (laughs) We, We know a little bit about that, but 
Hey guys, so just want to thank you guys for uh, enjoying this episode. And thank MDV uh, for jumping on you. here and uh, spitballing with us here at the my house. And um, you know, guys, if you're at Wadapalooza, we'll see you there. If you haven't checked out my book, As May Rips Impossible, would love it if you check it out. And um, keep doing what you're doing, and we'll keep bringing out different episodes, and let's keep getting better together. Have a great day, everybody.